0: What do I do, Peg? Sell everything I own 20,000 times? No.
1: All you have to do is wrestle with a glow girl for three minutes.
0: What's a glow girl?
2: So, what time's your match? I don't know. I just hope I don't get another car salesman. They bite. Count your blessings, lawyers leave greasy spots. <laughs>
1: You mean all I have to do is roll around on the floor for three minutes with one of those? Well, don't get too cocky, Al. You haven't lasted three minutes with me in years. (laughs) Hey, you never put up ten grand!
0: Let's rock.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get a whoopin'?
3: Whoopin' No Man Presents, live from the
4: Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast.
3: And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Alright
4: guys, here we are, we are back in Vegas for part two My name is Al, the Starving Shoe Salesman.
5: I'm Jamie. I'm just going to let my mind go blank.
3: Let it? How do you stop it? (laughs) And I'm Dan. So, gals, who wants to ride the wild Elmo? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: Amazing. Uh, Yeah, guys, this is You Gotta Know When to Hold Them, Part 2. When Peg and Marcy lose their blouses in Vegas... (laughs) <laughs> Al steps in the ring with a female wrestler to win back their fortunes to find a way home. Season 4, episode 17, directed by Jerry Cohen, writers Kevin Curran and Michael Moy. So, the guy who wrote the first half with that weird name didn't write the second half? Kevin Curran came in for that? Mm. That's strange. Uh, original air date, February 18th, 1990. So, uh, all right, so we start this off. It's a continuation of the first one. First one, obviously, a milestone episode. First episode without Steve Rhodes. His last episode was the one right before that. Rock and roll, girl. Yay. (laughs) We'll talk about what we think of, did they knock it out of the park with the first episode without Steve to reassure people that, don't worry, this show will be fine do they reaffirm that uh, idea to people, in your opinions, uh, after we review the, this two-parter. So we will get to that.
3: Last week on Married with Children, Steve left Marcy, so Peggy decided they should go someplace to forget, Las Vegas.
1: Don't give me a two, because my husband sells shoes! <laughs> Seven. Hey!
3: To pay for her vacation, Peggy had to sell something of Owls. The hell's wrong with this remote control? Well, Dad, I'm no electrician, but I'd say the trouble is the TV's gone.
0: <laughs> oh, and by the way, Dad, so is Mom.
3: Wait right, a second. Let's not gloss over this TV thing. <laughs> the girls lost all their money, but Peggy found a way to get more. When Al found out, he took the news with his usual aplomb. Kids, get a change of clothes and a baseball bat. (laughs)
1: Because we're going to Vegas!
3: And now, Married with Children continues.
4: This starts off with uh, the camera pans through Vegas, a casino in there, and there's an old man that goes off with a young blonde. (laughs) That's pretty funny, just like something you just got to pick up on. It's just like very telling of what goes on there. Mm. Marcy says they lost $5,000 a piece in 22 minutes. So that's I guess 30 has gone by since they got their credit cards overall. <laughs> at a now so they're at a bar and they're drinking ice water. They can't even afford to drink it off. <laughs> that's when things are really bad. Right. Like, the only solace you have is knowing at least I could have a drink at a bar and just swallow in my misery. They can't even do that.
0: Nope. (laughs) So, gals, who wants to ride
4: the wild Elmo? (laughs) Is this Elmo the human surprise? The one who's in Peg's family, do you think? Or she would have recognized him, I'm sure, right? I would think. Marcy headbutts him, and Peg is at least thinking that he could have bought them a couple drinks, which they can't do themselves. They right. could have taken him into the bathroom and rolled them Now, I never knew as a kid what rolled him meant. <laughs>
3: Keep rolling, rolling. Uh, it means to get over on someone, to... Uh... Oh, I thought it meant like pip- I mean, they, pickpocket. they rob
5: him. I mean, right. yeah. You yeah. roll a drunk, you... you uh... Like she rolled the FBI agent. Right. It originated as a scam where a bar owner or a tavern, like it's way back, so like a saloon owner would look for the drunkest guy in the place then he would point them out to these like the the guys outside and then they would wait for him to come outside and they would rob him so it was like a whole oh wow a thing it's where it originally came from i believe yeah well yeah i just knew basically it it just means robbing drunk people
4: yeah, that's what I thought. I figure that they're passed out on the floor and you roll them around, go to their back pockets, roll them, go to their side pockets. That's I took it literally, but I don't know.
1: There has to be another way we can earn some money and still hang on to our pride.
0: Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with more of our special tribute, Tony Orlando, genius or madman. <laughs>
4: They just got done with their song, which, of course, you don't hear the whole time until they make notice of it. And then you just hear, like, the tail end of it or whatever. So yeah, uh, she says, Tony totally Orlando, genius or madman? The reason she said that. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Elmo is uh, his name is Tommy Nast in real life. And that's his only credit. So all that guy ever did was say "Who wants to ride. Just imagine <laughs> that's all you've done your whole life. And it's so memorable. <laughs> <laughs> so the the tony orlando thing along with fame orlando had personal battles in the 70s he was briefly addicted to cocaine and battled both obesity and depression in 77 due to the death of his sister and suicide of orlando's close friend comedian freddie prinz orlando had a breakdown and retired from singing he was briefly institutionalized but returned triumphantly to television with an NBC comeback special. From then, he continued as a solo artist, charting with two singles. The dance hit Don't Let It Go in 78 and Sweets for My Sweet" in 79. And in the 80s, he was the dominant force in Las Vegas, headlining various hotels with
3: sold-out audiences.
4: <laughs> wow. That's really accurate,
5: that
3: joke. Genius or madman? I'm gonna take a wild guess too and say that the uh, the cocaine and the obesity didn't go hand in hand at the same in time. Hand
5: in hand, right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right.
3: A fat cocaine. That
5: maybe he had trouble with obesity after attempting to quit cocaine. Right. That that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, uh, you know who Freddie Prince is, right? Freddie Prince is that
4: Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad.
5: It is. Yep. And he was also in uh, Chico and the Man. That's what he was famous for. But. Uh, there was a TV show. I don't know if you guys know that, but Be cool. Yeah, it's uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, which you know makes sense if you think about it. But
4: <laughs> sort of, it makes sense. But yeah, go ahead.
5: <laughs> I did not realize. <laughs> I so didn't stupid. realize that he and Tony Orlando were such were so close. Like right. I never, I never knew that. Yep. I wonder if Dawn got in on that.
4: Dawn. Who's Dawn?
5: Tony Orlando and Dawn. God, I'm old now.
4: <laughs> hey, helps for the show. It's okay.
5: I wasn't even a kid ten years ago. Ah, that's so <laughs> stupid.
4: Callback, Jamie. No one's gonna get that. That was from an episode ago. <laughs> Come on, you can only do jokes within like uh, callbacks from fifteen minutes of each other.
5: <laughs> we should have done a recap. Our oh, <laughs> last episode,
3: right? Yeah, let's
4: talk about what we talked about.
3: Alex, why don't you edit that together real quick? <laughs> so,
4: guys, I was wondering how Al's credit card... Ah, never mind. So, <clears throat> so we get more fake bad singing from uh, Katie Seagal.
1: If I can hey. little lady on the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, come on, folks. Her husband just left her. How about it, huh? (laughs) Hey, I know a pity clap when I hear one. (laughs) Shut up, Marcy. You're cooling off the crowd. (laughs) And a great crowd it is. Because they've got... The look of a lynch mob? (laughs) No personality (laughs) cause you got personality (laughs)
4: So Peg goes to look at him. What do they have? And she goes, "The look of a lynch mob." So she seems like she's totally not into this. She's not in a good mood. Yet as soon as personality starts, she's like thrown in that the the middle words between the whole thing. You know, it's like, and she seems really into it. Mm-hmm. That's a, a, a very odd personality switch that just happened in two seconds. So Al, Kelly, and Bud arrive in Vegas. Now remember, Al said. Uh, you know, a baseball bat, this and that. He is going there. He has, it's a vendetta now, basically. He's following Peg to get her for selling his TV and costing him $5,000 on his credit card. He wants to kill her. And he went all the way to Vegas to do it. Brought the kids, bought airplane tickets, everything. This is a major deal.
5: How did he get to Vegas if he didn't even have enough money on his credit card to buy a pizza? (laughs) Or cash. Right. Or cash, yeah.
4: I have no idea. This is just full of plot holes. It's really weird.
3: Wow. Las Vegas. The city that never rests.
2: The city of Viva. The city of lust, greed, and... Excess. (laughs) My city. Lost Bud. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah well over the rockies you were mr hold me daddy we're gonna fly into the sun
1: kid, you know where we came one to get my tv two to get my five thousand dollars back and uh what was that other thing <laughs> fine mom no nah, there was something before that
5: <laughs> oh yeah
0: key way newton's car <laughs>
5: did you ever see vegas vacation yeah yeah that's yeah, well,
4: that's but I hated a, that movie, so I saw it wants. She
5: was a waniac. Are you kidding me? I love that one.
4: Yeah, no, I didn't like it. I'll see it again. Mr.
3: Papa Giorgio.
5: Yeah. Uh, I do not require them.
4: <laughs> Carson Wayne Newton is an American singer and entertainer, one of the best-known entertainers in Las Vegas, Nevada. He is known by the nicknames The Midnight Idol and Mr. Las Vegas and Mr. Entertainment. So he's a big Vegas guy. So they are definitely like hitting up yeah, all the. He's got them.
5: this huge following of women. Like they just, women love him. I have never understood it. Yeah. But it's a thing.
4: Yeah. Well, Al wants to key his car. Hopefully he gets to. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Now I want you to fan out. And if you find mommy or
0: something daddy'd like a little better, <laughs> give the Bundy yell. I want
2: to die. That's the one. <laughs> all right.
4: Uh, Al points out all the hot babes as he's walking through. He's like, hot babe, hot babe, hot babe. And then he looks at Peg and he says, cold shower. (laughs) 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 That's how he finds it.
3: Process of of elimination.
4: So he finally found her. So now he's going to like murder her, I'm sure. I mean, he must be furious about what happened. The TV means everything to him, five grand, like we said. Well the trouble of getting to Vegas, right? So he he taps her shoulder, she says, Listen, buddy, I told you it's gonna be a hundred dollars an hour and they have to be art photos. <laughs>
3: uh that's pretty gross, but okay. <laughs> I thought Al was gonna be just as mad as when uh when when Peg sold his Playboys. Right. Like, that's the that's the intent that he had. Like, he was going down to lay down the law, and then... We tuned in this week to see what happens when
4: Al gets to Vegas. Right. Think about this.
3: Right.
1: Hi, Al. Look, Marcy, it's Al. I'm busy. Hey. Look, I know what you're going to say. Honey... It was wrong of me to sell the TV and to max out our credit cards and to lose our $5,000. And believe me, I've never been more sorry. Do you have any money? (laughs) No. Buzz off.
4: (laughs) Then asks Al for more money, completely (laughs) nullifying. She's not even afraid. She... Wouldn't you be like, Oh, God. How did you find me? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, you don't understand. It was, it was Marcy. She made me come here and sh- start being, like, apologetic in a different way and fearing the wrath of Al. Like, the objective that of Al hits a dead end. The whole buildup of what he'll do when he goes across the country and finally catches up with Peg is just dismissed. Mm-hmm.
3: It's completely uneventful. In that aspect. Or in that moment, Al just realized like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what my life is. And he just gave up because he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm 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 trying to argue with my wife here. Like, I'm going to lose this conversation. So then he gets into that mode of, oh, well, let, let me think a minute, you know. But it's like it's weird. Okay, look,
4: here's the thing I say. I will probably keep saying this before doing this podcast. I don't I didn't see things the way I do now. Um, I'm not saying I enjoy them any less, but I see them differently, obviously, because I'm I'm here to break them down with you guys. So these two episodes have such strong writing that you almost forget that that's what you tuned into the second half for. Because when I was a a kid and and all through my 20s, 20s and 30s when I was not a kid, 10 years ago when I was not a kid, (laughs) I really didn't think about this. That that's what I that's the reason we all tuned in to see what is actually going to happen when he has that baseball bat and gets to Vegas. When when this happens, you get so caught up in like, oh, is that guy going to find out Marcy's pickpocketing? Is Al going to do this? What's you know? And you just kind of you forget. And it never bothered me in the least.
5: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, never. Bo- I mean, even now, it didn't bother me. <laughs> so, oh, you
4: didn't even realize it either. huh? wow.
5: No, I no, I didn't even think about
4: it. Yeah, isn't that cool? Like, yeah. that's a major thing. Like, normally you'd be like, what the hell? But it's so good that you almost don't think about it. Yeah,
5: I agree.
4: So, you know, forget diving into how Al knew exactly what Casino Peg was in out of the 40 that are, well, there's 40 there today. But who knows?
3: Well, the pizza place probably told him that, too.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pizza place said, well,
3: <laughs> she's in Bally's. <laughs> she's, she's at the bar three seats down, yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. And by the way, there's a guy trying to get her to take pictures. So right. you might want to hurry up over there. Art photos. <laughs> now, uh, Bud's going around pinching girls' asses, or as he says, goosing them. All right.
1: We're a thousand miles from home. We're flat broke. Now, give me a minute to think.
4: Do you, Al Bundy, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do I look that stupid? (laughs) Kelly knows the numbers on the roulette wheel.
2: Hi, Kelly.
0: Hey, any luck finding Mom?
3: Well, I've got uh, feelers out everywhere.
2: (laughs) What are you doing?
0: Just wondering. I mean... Why doesn't everyone who's looking at the spinning ball bet on number 14?
2: Well, Kelly,
3: probably because the odds are 38 to 1 against number...
1: 14! Pay number 14!
3: (laughs) That could never, ever happen again. That was just dumb luck. 32. Yeah, right, Kelly. See that fat lady over there? (laughs) Number 32 comes up. I will go over and kiss her... 32!
4: he goes over kisses this hippopotamus of a woman <laughs> and uh she looks so happy she's like oh my god i never thought this would happen again after my uh 3, cheeseburger i didn't <laughs> think anybody would kiss me again and you're right they really wouldn't have Look at the waitresses in the background during all these, this scene too, like all uh, during this whole going on, their skirts are shorter than the lifespan of the man they choose, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you could see their ass cheeks at the bottom of the skirt. Yep. The waitress is there. Is
5: that a bad thing? No. <laughs> Why do you think
4: they're on Facebook already? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Kelly just lets her mind go blank, much like Jamie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jamie. Now how did you do that?
0: Well, I just let my mind
1: go blank. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you mean, let it? How can you stop it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kel. You let your mind go blank, and then what?
3: Well, then a number comes into it, like Seven! Seven!
4: Now, Jamie, uh, since you're letting your mind go blank, I'm going to think of a number from 1 to 10. Let's see if this actually works for you.
5: Okay.
4: Let me focus for at least – give me five seconds of thought, and then you go ahead and say the number. Go ahead.
5: Okay.
4: Eight. Ooh, six. Oh. Um, Did I make you nervous and the pressure was yeah. on to
5: you? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I just got excited
4: and then let down. Yeah, right? So – um, that's how I roll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, the real stupid girl knows the numbers! <laughs>
4: number one. You don't know she's stupid. Uh, number one, she's a genius at this point, as far as they're concerned. Right. I. Why not the really hot girl knows all the numbers? The really smart girl, apparently. Psychic knows all the numbers. Rain man. The real lucky girl, yeah. The real rain man girl. <laughs> <laughs> Why stupid? I, like, does she just look dumb? Kind of. Oh, does I she? mean,
5: well, when she stands there with her mouth agape and you know, the staring hair. off into space, she does. But yeah. in that moment, I don't think so. And he, he hasn't been around her long enough to make that call.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if, you, if there's a hot chick picking all the right numbers at a roulette wheel, the last thing I'm going to do is insult her. Right. I'm going <laughs> to probably is. propose to her the way Bud does. So that's kind of weird, brother and sister getting married.
3: That was very weird. That <laughs> dynamic really threw me off. I was like, "Wait, what? Did they just really do that?" I was like, "Okay." And-
4: yeah, first bud's going after Marcy, now his sister. <laughs> this guy's all over the place. <laughs> what is he not dated? He had a he had a mannequin. Sister, be a buck's fur on a summer night. I've heard stories about vacuum cleaner. Yeah, vacuum cleaners, rubber dolls. I mean, has he? Is there anything he
3: hasn't dated? I told you not to disturb me when I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dewey. Officer Doofy, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Oh, Doofy, though, not Dewey. <laughs> um, so Al thinks he's having sex because he hasn't moved for hours. <laughs> She doesn't know you're there, Bundy Kind of like when you're having sex
1: (laughs) Okay, it's clear to me The only way to get this money Is for me to win it back So give me everything you got Okay, uh, eight bucks And uh, some confetti That's your credit card The machine seems to be rejecting it (laughs)
0: I'll just keep it as a symbol of our
1: love (laughs) Eight bucks is all I'll need, for I will build this into a fortune. Let's kick some booty.
5: (laughs) Oh, now I know everything's going to be all right because the man that sifts through my garbage for food is going to break the bank in Las Vegas.
4: (laughs) He picks a roulette table with a hot dealer. Her name is very important. You have to learn this Ava Fabian. She was missed. August 1986 in Playboy.
5: Do you know how she's credited in this show? Yummy.
4: Oh, she's yummy all day?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yummy. It's just according to IMDb, she's just yummy.
4: Hey, yummy all night, I'd wager too. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is it.
0: This is the one. This is my lucky table. This is where I shall play. <laughs>
1: your luck, Mr...
0: Bundy. Al Bundy. <laughs> I
3: thought so.
0: And what is your name, my dear?
3: Yummy all day.
0: And yummy all night, too, I'll wager.
4: <laughs> so, she was in Erotic Confessions. Oh. Dragnet, 1987. Ski School, 1990. Oh. Um, now she comes back in Route Six 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 Part Two as Honey Roasted.
5: Are these just ways to describe nuts or something?
4: Yeah, <laughs> Yummy Honey Roasted. It's all only the only names that she gets. They probably she probably went back and said, "Hey, last time I was on your show, you you had me as Yummy," and then somebody said, "Okay, we'll call you something else that's stupid and funny." So they went with Honey Roasted. Uh, And it's weird that she's always in the part twos of of, uh, Marrow Children. Mm. That's kind of weird. So, yeah, she's super hot. Check her out. She's naked. I would definitely... She's definitely yummy, too, so.
1: (laughs) Don't you remember me? The night in
0: Monaco? yummy, I didn't recognize you (laughs) dry.
1: Excuse me, sir, but... Can I get you a drink
0: beer shaken not stirred <laughs> I know I know hey babe give me a kiss
1: you're hurting me I like to hurt women
0: <laughs> apologize to the lady
1: I'm sorry <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bundy.
0: No problem, miss. Always ready to help out a lady in distress. And distress and distress. Get my beer, please. Oh, and a TV guide. For later. I
1: like a man who's on top of things.
0: And I like a woman with things on top.
4: al uh has a james bond fantasy daydream now what did you guys think about that
5: uh i honestly kind of tuned out during that i mean i was there i was watching it but it it i don't know i don't know what happened (laughs) it's like i don't think that's didn't work for me
3: i guess you had a dan moment sometimes
4: that i could see like when that happens and Movies or shows I do also, once they go to a different mode, my brain goes to a different mode and it's usually not paying attention. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm so obsessed with this show that I I just like this particular one didn't do that to me. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really great. Um, Cool to see Al act differently, not like a slob of a shoe salesman and he was dressed nice and his hair was slicked back. So, and he had confidence and he had women all around him. They were all hot. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Yep.
1: Would you care to make a bet, sir? Sir? <laughs> sir? Hey, you! <laughs> you Want to make a bet or what?
0: You bet I'm going to bet.
1: It's a $20 minimum, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Was that guy loser,
5: born loser? <laughs>
4: now, did Peg see his fantasy or something?
5: <laughs> That's funny. I guess a coincidence. I don't
4: know. Yeah, it's an astonishing, bizarre coincidence that Peg could reference James Bond in reality when that was just what Al was thinking of.
3: <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense. There's no justifying that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, it's just. No, no, you know why, though? Hmm. Sitcom.
5: Yeah, that's right.
4: Because it's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. No, I'm not saying it wasn't, but it is (laughs)
3: funny to think of these things. Or you could look at it like uh, Peg just knows Al so well and knew that that would be his fantasy.
4: Well, Al's done stuff before, and then Peg's like, yeah, he's having his whatever dream again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so it could be. There you go. Uh, Kelly picked twenty correct numbers in a row, which means that all the guys listening, ever since that jerk off said, "Listen to the really dumb girl," that means they all got eighteen right picks, all of them. Mm-hmm. How, would this go on? Like, would if that really happened? Would they just no. shut the table down eventually?
5: They, yeah, man, they would. They would clamp down the down on that so fast,
4: right? They would never just keep giving money away 18 no. times in a row at a roulette table to everybody to to 10 or 15 guys at once either.
5: I mean, that's another reason I don't gamble is because it makes me nervous. I mean, they're so right. no, I know like the the it's not all mobby like it used to be, or at least I don't think it is. It might still be, but hmm. um, I don't know. It, <laughs> Vegas casinos make me nervous. They're so <laughs> scary. Well,
3: and, and they're kind of shady in terms of like the law. Well, and they may um, you know, function within the law, but they do like I don't I wouldn't even say shady stuff, but they will do stuff like Jamie said in the last episode like, "Okay, let's get this person away. Let's give him free drinks and cop them a hotel and throw and throw a, a Wayne Newton show in there." Like they'll do anything <laughs> to get you away from that table, you know?
4: Wayne Newton. Tony Orlando, madman or genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I really didn't even uh, get to answer last week when uh, you know we a- were asked by somebody if we gamble and stuff. I do. I go to uh, Atlantic City a couple times a year, and I gamble when I go on cruises because they always have a you know casinos on cruises and stuff. My game is blackjack. I'm pretty good at that, and of course, here's the greatest blackjack round ever caught on film. Check this out. This is like, this is how good I am at Blackjack. Check this out.
3: 19. Hit me. 20.
1: Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Quick, honey. (laughs) Bet whatever number she says.
0: Right, like I don't know what's gonna happen. As soon as I bet, she'll pick the wrong number.
1: Oh, just bet, you idiot.
3: What's the number, Kel?
1: Two. Bet out. Two.
0: Ah, I can't do it You know my life
1: My luck There's no way That thing's gonna stop On two
4: <laughs> Sorry Al Should've Had faith in your pumpkin Yeah Um Al now pressures Kelly To get the right number
1: Hey daddy The guy in the cowboy hat Wants to take me to Monte Carlo If I promise to be in bed by 10 Can I go? <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Now listen very carefully Everything the Bundys will ever have Is riding on you Now concentrate Tell daddy the number.
1: 33? You sure? She sure just bet, Dad. Hurry, come on, hurry!
0: Eight bucks on 33. And the winner is five!
1: (laughs) What happened, Jill? Well, Daddy made me nervous, and I couldn't get my mind to go blank. Nice work, Al. You stink.
2: Yeah, you reek.
1: Seven.
2: Seven! 23.
1: 23!
4: So, they see a sign. Can you survive three minutes with a glow wrestler and win $10,000?
5: And then this was my most exciting moment when Hollywood and the farmer's daughter come, come walking through Mm. and talking. I was a huge glow fan during this time. And it actually surprises me. Al seems like the kind of guy who would watch glow wrestling. So it really surprises me that he did not know who they were, but I was so excited because I would, I was a big, just a huge glow fan. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Never missed an episode um even uh even now, like I've watched the documentary, the second season of glow is about to start on Netflix. I'm so excited about that was the first season good? yeah, it was good oh, and it, it's, that's what that Netflix show is about yeah now it's um it's actually um it's sort of a it's a weird combination of real life and fiction so they take the they take the the real story behind glow wrestling and all of that and then they sort of fictionalize it right so but there are kernels of truth in there so it's this cool mixture of the two so if you do know the history of glow also there is a documentary and it's probably still on netflix i recommend that if you're a glow fan or even if you're not if you're interested it's a good documentary but um so, yeah, season two of that is about to start. I'm really excited about that. So I just – I loved that show. So when these two chicks came walking around, I was like, yes. And then I knew it was going to be when um, – it could only be two people that were – that he would end up wrestling to make it funny because he's not going to get to wrestle one of the hot chicks.
4: Yeah, they're, they were hot, though. Um, yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, that was the whole point. I mean, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Like, you want to see – You wanted to see hot chicks wrestle, so that was the the whole the shtick of the show. And then, but there were some who you know weren't like the hot chicks. But you know it was going to be a heel because that I mean that would only make sense that it would be somebody mean. And uh, which leaves to either Matilda the Hun or Big Bad Mama. (laughs) And as it turns out, or uh, Matilda the Hun was also she also went by Queen Kong. Um,
4: Queen Kong. <laughs> but Queen Kong.
5: As it, uh, <laughs> Queen Kong Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> as it turns out, of course, it was uh,
4: Big Bad Mama. The redhead was the hot chick. Her name is Ursula Hayden.
5: She was a real glow girl in 1987. Yeah, Hollywood was part of a team called Hollywood and Vine. They were a tag team. Okay. And then you had, like, Babe the Farmer's Daughter and... Ah, oh, there were so many. I just sorry,
4: good. Now the, the <laughs> Netflix uh it, the show is called Glow, I guess, right? Uh-huh. Okay, they have that and also they have Glow, The Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Maybe I will watch that.
5: That's the documentary,
4: yeah. Yeah, I always like wrestling documentaries. Yeah. <clears throat> the ring announcer for the wrestling, he actually inspired our intro for this podcast. Um, I wanted something, and I only went by memory, so it's not identical to him. I didn't really, like, uh, I just figured I heard it so many times I really didn't watch the episode again when I created our intro here. So, like, when that announcer is announcing us in the beginning of our show and the music's playing, he's sort of supposed to sound like that guy in the with the delivery, but a little more like a deeper, like, yeah, voice to it, you know?
0: This is Al.
4: Al. Yeah, but like, it's, you're supposed to think of that guy when you hear that. I don't know if that really comes across, but...
0: And now, entering the ring, is our challenger, Al the Starving Shoe Salesman, Bundy.
4: No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. So the announcer's name is Tony Kimber. Uh, he was the associate director for GLOW in 1986, and he was the son of Jane Mansfield. What? She's super hot, man. Wow. That's yeah.
5: crazy. Yeah, but she had already lost her head by that point.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Bad Mama, uh, she was a GLOW girl in, from 88 to 89. Her real name is Lynn Braxton. So they used her real name for this episode. So I guess they were allowed to do that.
5: I guess at that point, if she was only a glow girl till 89, then she's probably not, not under contract. So
4: yeah. That other girl, the farmer's daughter was also from 87
5: to 89. The, yeah. There were actually a couple of different farmer's daughters that, I mean, they like, there was, um, babe, the farmer's daughter. And then I don't remember if the uh, other girl had a different name or, but like one left and then one came in, but it was all took over the whole farmer's daughter persona thing. But um, Big Bad Mama was a voodoo. Her whole shtick was voodoo. Like, she was a voodoo queen or voodoo priestess or huh. something. So she'd come in, like, rattling bones and stuff and <laughs> cursing people. Well,
3: I wanted to say this, too, about the whole wrestling aspect. I feel like uh, wrestling and and this show, Married with Children, go very well together. Right? I do, too.
5: Yeah. I do, too.
3: Just in, in a general sense, if that if that makes any sense like everything about it like the joe everything's kind of loose and just like kind of ridiculous and over the top and yet you know it's still grounded somewhat sort of kind of and they just go off and do their own thing much like wrestling does yeah there's like the wrestling of sitcoms
5: I totally right. see that and I actually feel like people who watched this show probably also watched wrestling yep
4: I did and
5: I mean I did back then
4: I mean, its namesake is the Bundys, and the roads is from uh, Dusty Rhodes.
5: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, it just—it's very. There just feels to be an inherent connection there. I could actually see this show airing and then wrestling coming on right behind it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, totally.
4: Yeah, and I was watching both at the same time. So was I. Huh. Pretty weird. Um, yeah. So, lucky for Al, that of out of everyone in Vegas, only he. Uh, chose to wrestle a Glow Girl for $10,000. I mean,
5: <laughs> isn't that always the way? <laughs> it's so convenient.
4: So convenient <laughs> that only he applied for this or he got it or whatever.
5: It's almost like they wrote it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because your opponent is our own Big
0: Bad Mama. Ah!
1: It's $10,000, Al. That's a dollar a pound. Man. Get in there, you big baby. Do it for me. No. Do it for the kids. No. Al, do it for the TV. Come on,
0: now let's go over the rules no eye gouging, no foreign objects. And Big Bad Mama, no biting below the waist.
4: <laughs> oh, I
0: do try. That's all we can ask.
4: Let's <laughs> get <laughs> Did you guys notice Christina Applegate flat out starts cracking up while they're filming them watching Al fight this Big Bad Mama? <laughs> yes, I did notice that. I
5: did not notice that.
4: Yeah, she literally cracks up then glances at the camera. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, babe. I see what you got. (laughs)
0: Let's
4: rock. (laughs) Uh, I think it's right before that. But... Just look at it again, that match, and you'll see Kelly literally laugh for real. I wonder what she was laughing at because I, the, there'd be no way that they're, they're, Al's doing any stunts without them filming unless they film both things at the same time. or you know, It would just be weird. But yeah, I wonder what she was really laughing at. But she cracks up and looks at the camera and then goes back into mode as, as an mm-hmm. actress. Yep. So it was pretty funny. So they were really having a good time during this episode. <laughs> yeah, so Al says, you know, that line, I said, let's rock. Um, and no, I still didn't use that Let's Rock, uh, in our thing. <laughs> the one I used is when Al fights a guy in a hallway of a school that we'll see many years from now. <laughs> so after smashing Al's head into the turnbuckle 100 times, <laughs> Al can no longer move his arms or legs, and, uh, it's time for the big tsunami, which, again, is, uh, sort of a thing tying into king kong bundy's avalanche or splash even after the bell so she wasted so much time smacking his head to the turnbuckle that you know it it blew through those minutes three minutes is is not you know you count to a hundred that's like almost two minutes and it you know it's not one second per hit so she wasted a lot of time but it was effective Mm -hmm. so she's gonna jump off the top rope and uh basically do the splash on him which is her tsunami Al is uh, now in a wheelchair, and he's drinking peas. They're dripping down his chin. Ugh. He's he's just gazing off into whatever. Peg and Marcy split the money. So basically, <laughs> they lost $5,000 in 22 minutes. Al does this. He goes there because of what she did, Yet some, and if, saves the day, and somehow gets nothing out of it when this is all Peg's fault.
5: Well, Peg even refers to it as found money. They're still down because Good. she spent the credit card money, which was five thousand right. dollars. But that doesn't even include the TV that she sold to get there,
4: or the airplane tickets, or the hotel rooms. Right.
5: So they're still down. Like mm-hmm. even with him bringing in that ten grand. So if they had split it and to pay off that, like take that five thousand and pay off the credit card money she spent, that would they'd still be in the hole.
4: Right. She, she should be paying off the credit card with that money. But then she says let's go gamble. Yeah. <laughs> and take in a show.
3: She's so horrible.
4: I mean it is just unbelievable. So they leave and not only that but they leave Al just in the middle of the, the floor.
5: Well same place they left their luggage. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, Some lady in a yellow jacket like bumps, shoves Al. His wheelchair goes soaring down a couple stairs. You see him basically going, he's going to land on his face, and it cuts, it freezes the frame right there. That's the end of the episode.
1: It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry with Children
4: cause you've got
0: personality walk with personality talk with personality smile with personality charm with personality love personality can brush out a frantic pop so over and over and over well i'll be
4: good for you uh it was a pretty big episode, a very memorable one. I mean, I'm sure I could say to you guys at the end of our run, remember the Vegas episodes um and you guys will know. So it's memorable, it's it's uh big two-parter. Those are always big. So it's the first episode without Steve uh as a whole, you know. We rate two-parters together cuz they're one big story. So do you guys think, you know, if they were sending a message to their audience about, you know, don't fear you know um we know that steve's gone and things seem like uh they're crazy right now and stuff don't worry we are gonna keep kicking ass do you think that they reassured everybody of that with this big two-parter
5: yeah i think so i mean it it almost (laughs) what's funny is i was so into this and the and the, I got so distracted by the glow girls and everything that I, by the time we got to the second part of this episode, I completely forgot about Steve. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize he was missing.
3: That's it. Wow. Jamie, that's like the perfect point though. Cause I was going to say the same thing and you stole my word was, was I, I, you were so distracted. Like, <laughs> no, but no, no, no. Not, but like, here's the thing. Like, When you have something like that happen when they break up and you know that's going to affect future episodes and they have to deal with this one way or another, it was almost brilliant to go to Vegas to kind of step out of the house for a minute, you know, um, uh, get into some hijinks, right? And it doesn't doesn't overshadow it, but at the same time, it definitely – just like every other episode – goes off and kind of spirals out and does its own thing. Well, that's still a plot point that you know it's going to be explored later on as well. It was nice to kind of set it up and and play it out, but then kind of drift away from it as the episode goes on to where, like Jamie said, by the end of the episode and by the, the beginning of the second episode, you forget all about that, you know? So sure. I, thought was, I thought it was a great move. Um, but only in... In relation to what we know is what's going to come with Jefferson and how that whole thing plays out, and then with Steve coming back and all that kind of, you know, like if they just dropped it all together and then never really talked about it again, I think it'd be, I think I'd probably feel different. But because I know, you know, more or less how everything plays out, I thought this was a brilliant kind of side road to take away from away from it uh, for a minute.
4: Yeah, and to back up Jamie's sentiment. They didn't waste any time getting Dave Garrison's credit off of the thing. I mean, I, I know they they probably couldn't technically do it, but man, he, you know, it was kind of jarring to see his name taken right off the front, you know, getting the newspaper thrown at the door and the opening credits and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, they just kept moving right along. And uh, my theory is that the reason Steve didn't get a, a big goodbye episode, I kind of feel like they wanted to downplay his departure. And not make it a big deal in your eyes or anyone's eyes, because why leave an audience devastated when you could, like Dan said, just have them just not be there one day, talk about it, and then all of a sudden you have this big, extravagant Las Vegas show. Yeah. That's a way to just like, oh, okay, well...
5: Yeah, it's kinda like if you were, say, doing a show about, oh, I don't know, horror movies and somebody <laughs> leaves and then you have to bring in somebody new and you would start off with something big like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective or something.
4: That'd be really smart to do.
5: Yeah. What's a
4: horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> and what's a retro pack 'em? <laughs>
3: What does Texas
4: say? T- what? At death in Texas? <laughs> death in Texas. <laughs> it's as inevitable as... I'm going to use that line and see if anybody realizes that. That makes no as sense. It's death in
0: Texas.
4: It's weird because death in Texas, if you like look that up now, it actually... I think it's like a book on Amazon or something. Like Somebody actually... No, yeah. Somebody used it. Right. Here. Oh, it's a it's something musical group. Death in Texas.
3: Oh, okay.
4: That's weird. Could this have all spawned from Kelly?
3: It might have. Might
4: have. Death in Texas: A Story of Race, Murder, and a Small Town's Something. Probably. I'm gonna
5: guess no. That's probably about actual death in Texas.
4: You don't think it's about Kelly? You don't think that they no. heard that?
5: No, I mean, would you? All right, if you're writing a book about. <laughs> racism and murder (laughs) like a real life thing are you gonna go my title was inspired by married with children yes (laughs) i i would say that Well, you would yes i'm asking the wrong person well and and guys i also think that the way they dealt with this whole
3: steve thing it was very indicative of what they've done before which is kind of like uh we don't give a you know what, like they've always kind of done their own thing and play by their own rules. And even we've said so many times, like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, we all kind of just smile and shake our head and laugh at it. So the way they kind of went about this, they did it how they wanted to do it. They did it in their own way, you know, like if they so you ever get those things where somebody gets replaced on a TV show, right, um, different actor or something. And then another actor comes in, and they don't address it at all. They don't even make like one joke about it. To me, that's odd. Like this, the way that that Married with Children went about it is, yeah, they referenced it, and then you know they just, like I said, kind of went off, and they gotten they got Marcy and and Peg into some hijinks, and. And that's, that's the avenue they took it instead of like you said, I was dwelling on it and being like a somber episode. They just kind of did their own thing. Like, okay. So, oh, I I think I feel like we have to reference this too, because it's timely, but uh, Roseanne just being canceled. Right. The revival, um, the, how they replaced that sister in the new one. You know, I one point. Yeah. Yeah and, they, uh, uh, yeah. and they got them both back for this one or whatever. That to me is very smart. Like, oh, I see what you did there. Like, that's that's a cool idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a question about that show in general and how it pertains to this. Do you guys think that that Roseanne being canceled is better or worse for the chance of a Married with Children revival?
4: Better. Mm hmm because now, 'cause like now that it's gone, it's almost like well, this idea works, and especially right. with Cobra Kai not being on any major network, it's almost like well, one of us have to capitalize off this idea, and since Roseanne's done, I bet you, I bet you people love to see Marrow children come back, and I'm sure they wouldn't do something stupid to get the show canceled, so
5: yeah,
4: yeah, I think it's like a a much uh Better chance of this coming back now because of that. I don't well, know. they
5: knew it would work anyway because Fuller House has what, like three seasons, right? Or going into their third. I mean, I mean right. yeah. that blows my mind because I watched the first season; it was kind of terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, really? I I didn't watch the subsequent ones, but I um I keep meaning to just because it's I for whatever reason I couldn't tear myself away, but. <laughs> It was really not good.
4: <laughs> right. but, wow, and it's surviving anyway.
5: Huh? Yeah, but but people still watched it, and a lot. You know, the Roseanne revival was going really well, even though a lot of their subject matter was controversial and people were kind of uh, on the fence about it and some people were really upset about it. And, you know, I kind of figured it wouldn't last, but it turns out it did have a really big fan base. So I think, yeah, I, I think that that makes things look good. And then we've been talking
3: about bringing back a show with Darlene and focusing on on that whole thing, like without Roseanne. And I'll be honest with you, with all these new episodes, I thought that she was um uh it was the other characters that were the highlights, not Roseanne uh in those new ones anyways, that I liked that I kind of related to. Yeah, yeah, she had good jokes, but yeah. Well she
4: had to the since everybody came back, it's a bigger de- a bigger deal than just being there to begin with. Totally. <clears throat> so she had to really spread around the
3: the spotlight. But I agree with you both, though. I didn't think of the Fuller House thing, Jamie, but I do agree. I think it's probably everything like the tides are kind of turning, so to speak, where you've had revivals of other shows that have just fallen flat on their face. Like, I think right off the top of my head, like when 24 came back and they tried to reboot it, it was just like, and I watched it too and it was just not the same thing. It was just whatever. So what about X-Files? Didn't
5: that come back? It yeah. did and it got canceled. Same I thing. Mean, it, right. it did one season. I think it did another season or part of it. I don't remember what happened because I didn't watch it beyond the first season of the ride. Right. Was it good? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't like, salivating over it but see i lost my interest in x-files toward the end of that show anyway i loved it in the beginning in the first probably four seasons or so and then after that i didn't care anymore because it mm. got all weird Sorry. but um what was the other oh will and grace what happened with that one because that came back did I, I had no idea how that did or if it's I still going hmm I don't yeah know. i think it was in the fall i think it started again in the fall well
3: Hmm, yeah, I don't know that, yeah, but that's a good example too, though, Jamie. They, I don't know, they just had a wave of, and even though, like, okay, so Full House is Netflix, like, they got their numbers, obviously, whenever, but Roseanne was on TV, network, television, and even though the ratings dropped after the first couple. Um, the, the numbers were definitely still there. And I think with everything coming back and, you know, uh, like Alex, you said Cobra Kai, man. I mean, oh my God, that was so good and unexpected. Like everybody expected the cheesiness to be off off the charts with that show, but it was really great. It was a nice balance and it just, um, everything seems to be, there seems to be this formula where yeah infuse new stuff with it, but if you do add in some of the old stuff, like you can kind of even poke fun of it and and it goes really well. It seems like that's the method that's the formula to go to go through to go by with with these new revivals. So I don't know I just I, I can't stop thinking about that like wow this is the most this is the perfect show to bring back
4: <laughs> it really yeah,
3: is. It is And by the way, Jamie
4: will and grace uh, f- first season stopped in april 2018 and they they already got a second and third going
5: wow okay so i
3: guess it's doing well well good on them well i didn't even know about that to be honest with you so wow
4: okay yeah but yeah dan's right it's the this has to happen now though man no one's getting any younger <laughs>
3: well and that's the thing too like you know how things in waves come you know and that's what i was saying like with all these revivals doing well um unfortunately all it takes is is for them to come out with like three or four bad ones in a row and then studios and or or networks or whatever uh they lose interest and i don't know they're going by money so you can't really blame them so yeah you're right like i feel like they have to strike while the iron's hot with this show well the thing is uh Ed O'Neill can't last too
4: much longer on Modern Family. That's got to be wrapping up soon. Uh, Katie Segal, just her her show, Superior Donuts, was canceled. Uh, David Faustino obviously wants to do this. He's been lobbying for it for a while now. And hopefully Christine Applegate, you know, she has so much love for the cast that if this ever comes up, she'll be like, yeah, I'm down. And hopefully Ed O'Neill and uh, Amanda Burst can kind of uh, let bygones be bygones and bury the hatchet. And say, and maybe just she'll just be an actress and not be in charge of anything, like as producer, director, whatever. Rubbed Ed the wrong way. Yeah. Whatever she did that he felt was like a little too much or whatever. Uh, hopefully they they just keep it simple this time around, and that way there is no friction like that. So, yep, uh, that'd be cool.
2: No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page. all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode.
4: All right, guys. So how many uh, soft velvet hemorrhoid pillows are we (laughs) stroking for this episode, Jamie?
5: I would say overall this was a really big episode if you take everything into it one we we find out that steve is leaving we never and and we don't see him at all like he and even though it's kind of fly by night he just left this note and then we don't see him again that's a big deal it's it's a big event within the show so steve's gone uh they take a trip they do some fun stuff and then they have they bring in the glow wrestlers which to me personally was huge and this was huge at the time It it was a very popular thing so I think that's pretty exciting, and um, it's kind of a milestone. Or it's not kind of a milestone. It is a milestone. So, um, yeah, I would say I'm going to stroke five hemorrhoid pillows for this one. Wow. Velvet.
4: All right. Hemorrhoid wow. pillows. Between that and Buck's blanket, you're going to be all set. <laughs> Man. All right, Dan, how many velvety hemorrhoid pillows are you stroking for? You got to know when to hold them, part one and
3: two. Yeah, man. So with both of these episodes, like I thought, the second episode was was a little stronger, Um, but overall, I thought this was great. Like I didn't, I didn't expect it to to go the way it did either, especially with the wrestling thing. And like we said before, it's like a perfect match—no pun intended—but it's a perfect match uh, with this show and wrestling. But and and being in Vegas is the is the perfect avenue. To, to do something like that, I just didn't think that they would go that far with it. You know, like you said, starting off with the Steve thing and then ending up <laughs> where it ended up was fantastic. The highlights were, were, um, were Al's legs twitching, like he couldn't move. That cracked me up so much. Like it was just, I don't know, that physical comedy stuff just gets me. Between that joke and then uh, the joke with Al... On the phone about the TV, <laughs> when you think it's about Peg, mm-hmm. that really like, I didn't see that one coming at all. Like, I don't, I, and I, it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but it really like got me and I laughed very loud. <laughs> yeah, ni- uh, 19 inch uh, diagonal. <laughs> yeah, when that line came in, I was like, oh, wow. And I think that was the first time that I was just like audibly like, you know, impressed by this show, like, out loud. So, yeah, between those two things, overall, it was a great episode. And, uh, and you know, with everything that you guys uh, have added to uh, about this episode, which I kind of overlooked, and I'm glad you guys brought those things up because there were a lot of aspects to the show that were, that were really great. So I would say I'd give this four and a half, hemorrhoid pillows the half being just to let one butt cheek hang off <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's all that can fit wow <clears throat> yeah yeah great i'm going five out of five hemorrhoid pillows i love this two-parter it was great watching it to do this again and it was uh, great exploring it you know, all those funny things that we point out, That's to prove that doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. It's just <laughs> funny. We know we're watching a sitcom. That doesn't hurt anything. Uh, it's it's the experience. It's the overall feeling. It's how you remember the, the greatness of this. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. Steve's gone. I mean, that's insane. <clears throat> it's hard to believe. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the journey uh, that we have for marcy exploring the single life you know what's gonna happen who's she gonna date uh who's gonna hit on her what does she do now with her time you know how is she gonna react to all this because you know that that comes to an end in season uh five so uh it's it's cool to really take it in now so that's that's pretty mind-blowing i loved everything in the first half uh bud hitting on marcy Peg convincing her to go to Vegas. Them in Vegas is great. All the interactions with the people there. How, how obnoxious Peg is. How dumb she is. It's all great. Part 2, the wrestling is great. Always a nice highlight. <laughs> Al the Starving Shoe Salesman. Great wrestling name. <laughs> uh, great match. Big Bad Mama did good. Girls were hot in both episodes. Super hot. Gotta love that. Just all, all great. Kelly picking the numbers. It's just It was all really well-rounded marcy had a good episode peg had a, everybody had a good episode to me it was just super strong five to five so guys tune in next week for one of my favorites of all time big big guest star in the next episode what goes around comes around vowing revenge on a girl who humiliated him years ago bud finds out payback is a bitch <laughs> that's the description for real <laughs>
3: I know. I was going to say that. Wow. Okay. That's what they wrote.